Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment you're nailing it and the next you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about play and how important it is for kids and their healing process. So first of all, play is children's language. It's their natural way that they communicate, it's the way that they process, and it's the way that they learn best. Today I'm going to be giving you a few like exclusive tips and I'm going to be teaching you how to use them right now, this day, with your kids. So who has seen their kids play change? Have you been seeing themes about illnesses, doctors, or isolation, missing people, or schools in your kids play? Have they been wanting to play doctor with you or wanting to play school with you or like I had my daughter build a wall and with some friends on some side and some friends on the other. Have you guys been seeing themes like this in your play? If so, let me know. But you are not alone. I work with people and teaching them how to do play therapy with their kids all over the world and people are sending me messages with pictures of their kids play. And they're also telling me that their kids' behaviors have been changing, that they've been seeing more acting out behaviors, more attention-seeking behaviors. Some of my clients have been having kids having difficulty falling asleep at night or sleeping alone at night or having bad dreams. There are signs of stress all over in our kids' behavior right now and kind of what we're seeing in lots of kids this is a stressful time they've been dealing with a lot of changes and we know that kids can be really you know have a hard time when their schedules are thrown off or when the things that they are expecting are not happening anymore they're missing people they're missing loved ones and friends and teachers and there's this big thing that even the parents are unsure of like even adults don't always know how to talk about things or how to handle their emotions during this time this is something that's new for all of us and kids can really pick up on that. And so today I wanted to offer you some concrete things you can do with your kids to help them through their play during this time. So if we think about play as children's language, the first thing that I wanted to talk about then is that we need to be giving them really good things to play with. So if play is their language, then toys are their words. And so we need to make sure that they have access to good words to use while they are expressing themselves through play. So that means that if toys are the words, we have to be really conscious and intentional and mindful about what they have access to to play with. And so there's kind of three categories that you wanna make sure your kids have access to. In general though, we want them to all be kind of open-ended, that they can be used in lots of different ways for lots of different things. But it's really important right now that they have access 
to some real life play materials. So things like a doctor's kit, cooking instruments, maybe some school supplies so that they can play school, just making sure that they have access to those things and to some dolls, some baby dolls or some little figurines that they can use. So the first category is kind of having those real life toys available to them so that they can process the things that they're seeing, the things that they're feeling, maybe the things that they're missing in their real lives through play. And then you also want to make sure that they have some play materials that allow them to get into themes around power and aggression. So lots of parents are uncomfortable when they see aggressive or power themes in their children's play, but we have to remember that children are very rarely in control of their lives. Many of you who follow my page, I know that you guys have maybe been working on this, so giving your kids more control and more say in their lives. But even so, especially in a time where things have changed so abruptly, like even grown-ups are feeling out of control right now. Giving children toys that allow them to feel powerful and in control and maybe even get some of that like pent up that hard feelings out is really good. So things like a Nerf gun, some swords or knives, handcuffs or ropes to tie things or people up with, with their consent and making sure that they have access to some of those more aggressive, powerful toys and so that they can play in ways that lets them feel more powerful, more in charge and more in control. And then you also want to make sure that they have access to creative toys. So things that let them be creative. Art materials, craft materials, and building materials. Okay, so those are the three areas of toys that you want to make sure that they have access to. Because again, remember that toys are a child's words. And if we're thinking about play as their language, toys are the words, and so we have to make sure that they have a good vocabulary kind of at their disposal to use while they're playing. And then the other important piece of how we can use play to help children process big emotions and stress and worries and fears that they might be having right now or kind of anytime, the big most important piece is you. So you as a parent have an attachment relationship with your child. And as a result, you provide a secure and safe place for them to process their big feelings, their worries, their fears. And if there's a few things that you can do right now while you're playing with them, that can really kind of heighten and hold space for their feelings and help them process them and move through them and release them so that they don't have to hold on to those stresses or worries or fears anymore. So you can become a play master. You can use play as your parenting superpower, even if you don't have a lot of time, even if you don't have a lot of energy for play, and even if you don't feel like you're very good at playing. So the things that I'm going to teach you today, you don't have to be good at playing. You don't even have to have a lot of energy for it. And honestly, it doesn't take that much time. So the people who are taking my class with me, the Playful Healing course, they only play like this for 30 minutes a week with their kids. And just 30 minutes a week can make huge, powerful changes in your relationship with your child and how much your child feels heard, validated, seen, and accepted by you. Those things are hugely important. So this is not a huge time commitment. It's not like we're talking about 30, 40 minutes every day, just once a week. I mean, it can make huge changes for your kids. Lots of people are seeing doctor play or illness play or kind of sick play. My kids prefer playing vet, but we're still seeing a lot of that play coming through where the kitties or the doggies are wearing face masks. And yeah, it's a lot. And so I'm going to give you the skills that you want to use when that's happening. Hey, my dear friend, Laura here. I really hope you have enjoyed this 
month that we've spent focusing on play here at the Balanced Parent Podcast. I guess if you can't tell, I love talking about play. I think it's one of the most powerful places where we can get to know our child and where we can connect with our child and gain influence with our children. So if you love play as much as I do, and if you've enjoyed this time in this focus in this month of January and in the 30 Days of Play Challenge, I would love to have you help me wrap the challenge up with an amazing webinar on how we can deepen our connection with our children through play. I'm going to be sharing you my best tips and strategies, things you can actually put into practice today to help start connecting with your child on a deeper level. So I really hope you'll join me. The webinar is on February the 1st at 1230. We're going to hang out. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. I'm going to be answering your questions. And I'm also going to be telling you about my program, Playful Healing, which you'll have an opportunity to join. Uh, The doors for it haven't been open since my Black Friday sale back in November. And so this is your chance to get in on a really transformational program, a deep dive program that teaches you how to play with your children like a play therapist would. And I really hope that you will join me in the webinar learn some of these skills. It's completely free. And if you want to go deeper, if you want to go further, which I think you might, I hope you'll join me in playful healing. Now, if you are already signed up for the 30 days of play challenge, you're set, you're in for the webinar, you'll get the information. If however, you decided not to join us in the 30 days of play challenge, or at some point you opted out of the 30 days of play challenge, just go ahead and go to laurafroyan.com slash play, and we'll get you signed up for the webinar. So you don't miss a thing. All right, here we go back to the episode. So first of all, the biggest, most powerful thing you can do as a parent when you're partnering with your child in play is to let them lead. So let them direct it. Lots of parents who are just starting out kind of getting comfortable playing with their kids feel like they get told that they're doing it wrong by their kids or their kids kind of micromanage them or their kids kind of get bossy with them. And if they're doing that, that is your key, your clue to know like, They've got something to work through. They've got an agenda here. They have something that they need to do in this play and I'm getting in the way of it. And so it's our job as parents to step way back and let them lead it. So you just follow their lead. And really to take this one step further, you need to be the assistant and let them be the director. So if we're thinking about play, like if they're putting on a play, they're working through something, they have this narrative that they need to work through, that they're working through with their toys, they're the director. They're the one who has the vision for how it's going to come out. They're the one who is going to lead you through the climax and the resolution. They're the ones who are in charge. And we are the assistants. We're a prop for them. We are the ones who are kind of making it possible and holding space for them. And so I'm going to share with you this key skill that play therapists all over the world use and that I've been using with my kids in our day-to-day lives their whole life. And it's the stage whisper. And this little thing can ramp up the play that you're doing with your kids so much. It makes them feel so in control and so empowered. And it helps them really step into the leadership position of the play. And so the stage whisper is simply whispering to them, what should I do next? So if they've asked you to be a part of the play, if they've asked you to be a little character, a little doll, then over they've asked you, you know, here, mommy, you be the princess. And so you say, okay, I should put this on. Yeah. Okay. All right. What should I say? What should I do? You whisper to them and they tell you, and then you say it exactly how they did it. And if they say, no, not that way, 
you say, oh, I didn't do it right. Tell me how I should do it. And you really refer back to that and get them to really tell you what they need you to say. Because it's not about you doing it wrong. It's not about you at all. It's about them and what they need from you in that moment. And what they need from you is to kind of be a living, moving toy for them. You're becoming part of their vocabulary so that they can process and use play as their language to move through these things. So becoming the assistant, letting your child be the director and use your stage whisper. And so I want you, if you haven't ever used that before, I want you to try that today, just at some point during your kid's play. And I want you to report back to me and tell me how, what your kids do, how they react, how they respond. If you've never done it before, they might be like, what? But absolutely try it and report back and tell me how it is. Because most of the time when I hear from my clients that they've tried it, it's really helpful and it really opens up the kids' play. Because they know they've got a partner, they know they've got someone who is going to follow their lead. And then we don't have to know what they want. And here's the other thing too, is that part of holding space for our kids while they're playing, they get mad at us when we can't read their minds. Young kids don't understand that, <laughs> that we can't read their minds. Right, so they haven't fully kind of grasped the concept that we have our own brain that's working and having our own thoughts and that they have their own thoughts for young children. And so when we can't read their minds, they get frustrated with us. And so yes, the stage whisper is incredibly powerful way to let them let you into their brains and to help them kind of give you the instructions and the support you need so that you can be a good partner with them. And here's the other thing. So kids want to feel heard and understood. And so if we want to do that through their play, if we are seeing their play as their language, we're seeing it as their opportunity to delve into their feelings, their worries, their fears, um, and we are really valuing their play, they want our time and attention. They want to know that we think it's valuable too. They want to us to sit with them and just hold space for them. Just like when you've had a hard day with the kids or with your work and you're talking to your partner and you're kind of blowing off steam, you're venting, you're telling kind of what happened and they jump in and try to solve the problem or tell you what they think you should do or you know they come in with kind of their ideas and you're like no wait no I just want you to hear me I just need you to validate me kids feel the same way and so when we join their play and we have our own ideas and we come in you know and we start telling them how they should play or what they should do or we start solving their problems we're not holding space for them and so I want to teach you one other skill that I normally just teach after a few couple weeks even in my um, play therapy course but I'm giving it to you now because you can use it right now um, so this skill is called reflective responding and it's kind of like active listening so if you have learned about having a good active conversation with someone where you are paraphrasing back what they are saying and then kind of checking in. That's what reflective responding is, but you can also do it while you're narrating your kid's play. So like, oh, I see you're doing this and this. Oh, so you are building that tower really tall and you're just kind of like, reflecting what they're doing. You're verbalizing what they're doing. I mean, the way that this helps kids process is it's like you're acting like a mirror, like you're holding up a mirror to their play. And so they're playing, they're in their world. Maybe they're asking you to do things, maybe, you know, and you're using your good stage whisper, but holding up a mirror to them so that they can see themselves clearly and then see their play clearly and see kind of what they're doing clearly is really helpful for them. It helps them move through things. It helps them process things and it helps them 
finish with things so that you can let it go. And so reflective responding does that for you. In reflective responding, you are acting as a mirror for your child and you're holding up kind of what they're doing or what they're saying for them to see and to check in with. Yeah, is that right? Is that really what I want to do? Is that really what I want the person to say? Is that really what, you know, the toy I'm playing with is struggling with? So that's what reflective responding does. And in my course, you get a chance to practice this a lot and get feedback from me. But the recipe really is just paraphrasing back what they're doing. So if they are building with magnetiles, oh, you're making that one go right there. Okay, and oh, I see you're building this tower and now the little doggies are going into the tower. They wanna get in. Your kid might say, yeah, they're getting in out of the rain. And then you can say, okay, it's raining and the dogs are coming in out of the rain. And you're just kind of reflecting what they're doing. And you don't wanna do it too much. You don't wanna be intrusive with it. Just a little bit, kind of sprinkle it in and see how it helps them reflect on what they are doing, what they're thinking, what they're playing and the meaning that they're making out of their play. Okay, so how do you channel the bossiness from non-play activities into play activities? First of all, I think a reframe is always helpful. If you are seeing your kid as being bossy, oftentimes we can reframe that as having good leadership skills and having a really clear vision for how they want things to go. And so as much as you can, giving them uh, the ability to have a say and have some autonomy um, and authority on how their life goes, I think that those are good things. But if you're noticing that they are wanting to be in charge a lot, that they're quite controlling, Getting into a regular rhythm where they have play where they are completely in charge is so helpful. And letting them have that space, have that time where they can be fully in charge. And then you can set that boundary around, okay, so we were having this special play time where you got to lead and now, you know, that our special play time is over and we're gonna, you know, I have to be able to make some of the decisions and some of the choices. And you can have really firm boundaries. And that act of kind of compartmentalizing this healing type of play is something that we talk about in great detail in my course, Playful Healing. Okay, so what about when a child is asking you to do things for them? Draw, write, build for them and they insist that they can't do it. So if they are insisting that they can't do it, and this is just in your normal play, you just keep asking, okay, so tell me exactly how you want me to do it. Show me what you want me to do and you kind of put it back on them. Um, you can definitely do some of the drawing for them if you have the energy and the time to. You don't have to be super rigid about that, but let them at least be the leader in kind of how it looks. Now, some kids can get caught into a loop with that where they get really frustrated when they're not able to communicate what they want, like their vision, and then you're not able to execute it exactly how their vision is. And then when that's happening, sometimes that's for some kids, particularly kids who are anxious, they try to resolve their anxiety by controlling. And when they get in a loop like that, that's when I know that these kids are feeling anxious, off kilter, and they likely need to release some of that. So that's when I often invite a meltdown or a time to kind of release that. And I hold space where you're like, you're really frustrated. It's not going right. You just want to rip it up. I'm not able to do it the right way, you know, the way you want it. And I just kind of hold space like this is hard. This is frustrating. And oftentimes one of my kids doesn't like me to say any of those things. She just wants me to sit there quietly and say, mm. <sighs> mm -hmm. you know, and kind of give voice to that. So hopefully those that helps with that piece of things. And there's a difference, right? There's, so there's a difference between when you're having a structured healing play session, like a therapy play session that I teach parents to use in this course versus when you're in your everyday life. 
too. So I think you have to check in with yourself. And if you are wanting to hold space for your kids through their play and be a good partner in their play and to help them process and heal things, you have to take really good care of yourself too. And so that's the last thing that I just wanted to mention. So if you're feeling drained, like you don't have any time or any energy and playing with your kids is gonna make you feel resentful, don't do it. You don't put that on your relationship with your kids, okay? Own that that's your boundary and use that time to take care of yourself, okay? Because this is something that therapists learn the hard way often by getting burnt out and parents get burnt out too. You can't give what you don't have. And so if you don't have anybody holding space for your big feelings, how on earth can you expect to hold space for someone else's? This is why most good therapists have their own therapists because you can't possibly expect someone who's not well themselves and not doing well themselves to help someone else do better. Right? So you've got to take care of yourself and don't do anything that is going to jeopardize your feelings towards your kid or your relationship with them. So if you think playing with them is gonna cause resentment, say no, hold that boundary, hold space for that boundary. You know, you can hold that boundary with compassion and grace and love and still hold it. That sounds like, yeah, I know, you really want me to play with you right now and I don't have the energy for it. I need to take a break and maybe then I'll be able to, right? But here's the other thing, is that playing this way that we've been talking about today doesn't take a whole lot of energy on your part because you are taking the back seat. You are not having to think of creative fun things to say or do because they're think the ones who are thinking of those things. And all you really have to do is reflect on what they're doing and kind of do as they say. So, and the other thing too is that when you do that, when you go into it with an open mind and an open heart and you go into it thinking like, I'm going to give my kids this gift. I'm going to give my kids the gift of my presence. And I'm all my only goal for these next 10 minutes or 15 minutes while I'm playing with my kids is to be with them, is to help them feel connected to me, help them feel heard and loved and validated and seen and accepted exactly how they are. That's my only goal right now. I'm going to silence my phone. I'm going to put it away. I'm going to make sure there's nothing on the stove or in the oven. And I'm just going to be here. I'm going to have blinders on. And I'm only going to focus in right now on these 10 minutes with my kids. And I, my only goal is for them to feel heard and supported and loved. Going in with that attitude is immensely powerful. It's immensely powerful for your child and for you too, because you start seeing your kid more clearly. When you filter out all the distractions, when you open up all of your lenses and you're just looking at your kid as a human being who is struggling and hurting and has been through a million changes and is experiencing a chaotic world that none of us have ever lived in, it lets you tap into compassion and it lets you just be there with them. And the bond, the relationship that you build in that moment by spending time with your kid in that way, it's a balm. It soothes so much. Play is healing and soothing in and of itself for kids, okay? So even if play doesn't have any symbolic value, even if it doesn't have any processing value in and like all on its own, it has its own intrinsic value, right? But when it's done with a partner, with a parent, with an attachment figure, it takes it to the next level because it's not only the things that are being processed, you know, that the kid is playing through that are being processed and released, the relationship is being healed and supported. You're reconnecting. Like even if it's just 10 minutes, you both come out of those 10 minutes feeling closer to each other, 
the child feeling heard and understood and connected. And when you have that, then kids want to cooperate with us. They want to please us. They want to stay connected with us. And so that's the heart of the matter, right? So yes, it's great to help them process and heal through stressful times. And you have this skill already, like you can deepen it, you can get better at it. There are other therapy, like play therapy techniques that I can teach you that will kind of really ramp it up and take it to the next level. But right now you have everything within you right now because you're their attachment figure. You're their mom or their dad or their mumsy or their Renny. You're their person and you have it all within you right now. Maybe like we can add some icing on the cake. We can, you know, layer in some new skills and I would love to have you join me in my course where I can teach you how to do those things. But honestly, these three things, letting the child lead, becoming the assistant and let them be the director and holding up that mirror using those reflective responding skills. I mean, yeah, we can practice it. I can coach you to get better at it, but really just need your presence. They really just need to be seen and heard and accepted. You've got that all on your own right now, you know, and if you want to take it to the next level, I'm here for you. I'm here for you if you want to just stay right here and kind of just do your best. And we are all doing our best, but it's that relationship that gets built when you play in this way with your kids. Yes, they process. Yes, they heal, but they heal through the relationship. And the attachment relationship is really powerful and a very powerful place to engage and feel it. And that's why you have so much power or with your kids. Does anybody else feel guilty when their kids ask them to play and their first response is like, Ugh. Don't want to. I know that lots of parents deal with that guilt every day. And I just want to tell you that, first of all, the pressures on parents to play with their kids are higher right now at this point in history than they ever have been before. And so I definitely don't want to be another source of pressure for you. All I want to do is make the time that you do have to play with your kids more efficient and more meaningful for the both of you. So please don't let any of this be pressuring for you guys. And please know that it is okay to say no to play too. It's okay to be authentic with your kids about where you are. It's okay to set boundaries. Actually, it's more than okay. It's healthy for them. Okay, so those were the things that I wanted to make sure we had a chance to get through. I like to do a quick recap on though, okay? So we talked about how if play is children's language, then we know the use in that language are the toys. So if play is children's language, toys are their words. And so we talked a little bit about what toys your child needs in order to have a rich vocabulary for play. Um, so they need open-ended toys, they need a real life toys so that they can pretend and act out the things that they're exposed to, and they need toys that allow them to feel powerful and in control, and maybe even get out some aggression. And then we also talked about how you can become a playmaster. You can use play as your superpower even if you don't feel like you're that great at playing, and even if you don't have a lot of time and even if you don't have a lot of energy because really all you're doing is stepping back sitting back and letting your child lead so you're not coming in there with all your ideas you're letting them have the ideas you're letting them be the director and you're being the assistant we learned how to use a good stage whisper and then we also learned about reflective responding, becoming a mirror for your child so that they can see what they're playing and how that's processing, how helping them move through things. They can see their play kind of from someone else's perspective, from a different angle, and that can help them move through things. All right, so those are the things I think I wanted to convey. Please never hesitate to reach out and ask questions um, and get support from me because one of the ways that I cope with feeling out thing, when things are chaotic and out of the control 
control and when people are suffering, one of the ways that I cope is by serving. Um, and I want to be able to serve you. So if you need help, if you need support, if you have questions, reach out to me, reach out in my balanced parenting group, ask those questions. I want to be able to support you. All right. Take really good care of yourselves and your kids and each other, but really yourselves. We've got to fill our cups first too. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.